This is Beyond Busy. I'm Graham Alcott. I'm the author of a number of books, including the global bestseller, How to Be a Productivity Ninja, and I'm the founder of Think Productive. We work with some of the world's leading companies to help them get stuff done, but more importantly, to help their people to make space for what matters. Beyond Busy is where I explore the often messy truths and contradictory relationships around topics like work-life balance, happiness and success, and explore with interesting people what makes them tick. In short, this is where we ask the bigger questions about work. My guest today is Phoebe Benter. Phoebe is the national president of JCI, Junior Chamber International, a network of young leaders with over 200,000 members around the world in 124 countries. She's also the founder of the Northwest Charity Awards and has a day job as Global Digital Events Manager for Atos Medical. So in this episode, we talk about juggling and balance when you have a lot on your plate, how volunteering can help boost your career aspirations, dyslexia, career pivots and much more. And I'm sure you're going to find Phoebe's outlook and attitude as inspiring as I did. This is Phoebe Benter. I'm with Phoebe Benter. How are you? I am very well, thank you. Well, I guess the the main reason you were nominated for this is you are the national president of JCI International. So should we start with that? So what is JCI International? JCI, um, or Junior Chamber International, we're a global non-for-profit membership organisation for young people 18 to 40. And we have a, approximately around 200,000 members across the world. Um, and in the UK, we have local organisations across the UK doing fantastic things. Um, the JCI mission is to provide development opportunities that empower young people to create positive change. And the vision for us is to be the leading global network for young active citizens. Yeah. So in a nutshell, a little bit about JCI. Um, we have four key pillars or areas that we focus on. And the first one is personal development. And this is something that I'm really passionate about because this is something that's really helped me along my journey. Um, so that's um, training, mentoring, coaching, and a lot of academies and other leadership events. We also have the international side, which is one of my very sweet spots as well. We have European conferences across the world, world congresses, and also in different parts of the UK, different local organizations and, and European events as well. Uh, the business side, we have a lot of young entrepreneurs in JCI. Um, this is a great place to build a strong network and connect and, uh, again, support each other, especially if you're just beginning. It's a great way yeah. to start. Um, JCI is all about learning by doing. And that's mm. something I've really just jumped headfirst in and, you know, do as much and learn as much and see how you could transfer that in your other parts of your life. Nice. Um, and the final part is the community. We do run quite a few um, local community projects, working with charities, and it's a great way for our members when they join to be active and to have things to do that will help them. So in terms of being an, on a project team, um, time management, budgeting, public speaking, this is something I've been a bit, lot more confident over the, the last few years. Mm. And again, it just has a few areas that you could pick and choose what you want to do and what you want to get involved in. So just an overview. Yeah. And what's the link between, so um, Junior Chamber International, is there any link between Junior Chamber and the Chambers of Commerce, the, the whole Chambers of Commerce world? JCI was the British Junior Chamber and they were really uh. connected with um, 
Chamber of Commerce is across the UK. Some local organisations like JCI Nottingham, which I re-engaged with the East Midlands Chamber of Commerce, we do still have that relationship. And a few others in Sheffield, I know, and probably Southampton, they still have that connection with the local uh, Chamber of Commerce. So it's kind of started from there and then it's kind of spun out and and sort of got legs. And and it's quite old, right? Like 1915, I read, that it it started. So it's it's a pretty old... Um, 100 years and yeah. again for some local organizations like JCI Nottingham about 92 years old wow. this year. so okay. again yeah. you know a wide range of you know old local organizations been around for years and some new starters and again it's all about having that person on the ground who who's really passionate about doing something and having some change and being a part of it and and starting something so that yeah. was for me, I lived in JC, in Manchester. I was a member in JCI Manchester. And when I relocated to Nottingham, there wasn't a junior chamber. And I thought, what am I going to do here? <laughs> so, yeah, I, get, I got JCI Nottingham re-established and a part of JCI UK again. Had a group of young people who really wanted to get involved and create projects and do amazing stuff. And that's how we got involved. So, again, Anybody in any location in the UK, if they're interested in, you know, recreating a JCI and being a part of the community, that is an exciting thing to to get involved with. And I, in in a sort of earlier part of my career, I was quite heavily involved in student volunteering. So I was a student volunteer, then I ran a, a student volunteering group in one university, then I ran the, ran the national charity that was promoting student volunteering, and then worked quite a lot with the British Youth Council. And I think for me, there's... Um, there's, there's something really special about empowering young people to become leaders and to make stuff happen, right? So if you had to sum that up, what's the essence of that? What 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 really makes that such an important thing for the world? Yes, I, I think in terms of leadership, and I think one thing that I get from JCI is the whole leadership and learning by doing, um, especially if you're in a role where people are looking up to you for that motivation and that leadership and you've been in that position, you could, you know, talk from experience or be that guide I think for me from my experience with JCI it's the learning by doing part in leadership that's been absolutely amazing and just given me a lot of different ways to try new roles without being like in a paid job but you're actually yeah. doing these things yeah. I think that's that's really important um, in leadership is you know getting stuck in and doing things and learning from it and not being scared to try new things yeah for sure we used to talk about with the student volunteering pro- project that I ran in the university, we used to talk about it because we had all these young people that were running running their own projects, right? So they weren't just volunteering for another charity. They were setting things up from scratch and making mm-hmm. stuff happen. And we used to talk about it like it was a safe space to make mistakes. Exactly. Right? So exactly. like we were there in the background and if we saw something that was just, you know, really alarming, we'd step in. But otherwise, we'd just let mistakes happen and... You know, if people ran a fundraising event and it lost money or something, it's like that's a really great way to just learn how to do it better next time. And that that safe space, I think, is a really, really important thing, isn't it? Yeah. And that's something we really do promote in JCI. And if you're on a local or national board level, because, again, these are groups led by the members, you know, um, you have experience in terms of meetings, running councils and, you know, the whole yeah. run of an organisation as a volunteer and everybody having a role and, you know, pulling together because we're all wanting the same thing. We want to see the local organisation. We want to see JCI succeed. We want to give people those opportunities to try new things or get involved with a project or something they would not have usually done. Um, 
And that way, you know, everybody is getting something from it in terms of personal development or even just for fun. A lot of people just yeah. enjoy being around people. They enjoy, you know, just getting to know new people and having fun. So, again, that's a big part of the junior chamber culture. It's like we really want to enjoy what we're doing together. Yeah. And my experience of those kind of networks is that you get a lot of young people get involved in that stuff who are they're already they've already got that instinct to be movers and shakers and really dynamic and and you know, really ambitious. So you're the president. So do you have to hold all those people in check? Like, do, is it is is there a downside to that where you you know the room is just so full of energy and entrepreneurial spirit and everything? It's like how do you how do you create the order around oh, that? Wow. Yeah, I think it's a little <laughs> bit of opposite in JCI. In in terms of you know holding accountable, I'm the one that you know is being held accountable. For right, everything. of course, yeah, yeah, yeah. me really. Right. <laughs> You know, so everything that we do on, as a national board, you know, we really we report to our members and local council. Everything yeah. that you know we want to go forward with, we need approval and really like do everything for the best interests of JCI. So everything that I do is, you know, thinking about how is this going to affect the membership? What are they going to think about it? How are they going to interact with it? You know, and making sure that everything is in line with the JCI mission and vision. So yeah. it's mainly, yeah, I'm put to task in terms of making sure I'm doing what I should be doing. Um, each year, the national president, we have a plan of action. So we say, what is it that we want to achieve throughout the year? Um, what are in the initiatives we want to introduce? And throughout the year, local presidents will, you know, follow us up on that. So you said you were going to do this. Have yeah. you done it or? You're doing it fantastic. We're getting people involved. So again, it's it's not one of those organizations whereas I'm the president and nobody could come and talk to me and I'm have a whip and get, getting people a special to special chain or something. Yeah. I do have I oh I should have actually got that. Do you, do you actually oh, have a special chain? Yes, I do Amazing. have a special chain. I should have, I should have actually got it for this, but no, I'm not that <laughs> Yeah, it's quite it's quite exciting and I think for me, it's it's a little bit different this year, especially with coronavirus and yeah. with my personality as well. I'm such a people's person. I love being around the members and I get so much energy from it and I give so much energy from it. I think mm. everybody I speak to about JCI, they're like, how do I sign up? Yeah, right. <laughs> you know, I just, I, it just comes out. Um, so it's been a real challenge for me in a way in terms of new way of, you know, engaging and keeping that motivation and energy level up you know all the time on the computer um and for my day job as well mm. uh, global digital events manager i'm on the pc every day so it's like you know balancing all that energy and how it comes across but now i have a really um great national board team um so i have different directors um such as membership and engagement um we have personal development and training, et cetera, and some general board directors. I have a deputy as well who's getting prepared for next year okay. and the past national president. So there is a great um, network of people um, who are working alongside me um, to you know achieve everything we want to do this year. But it definitely has been challenging, a big part of JCI. We love the people. We love the interaction. And yeah. all along, yes, it's great. We could see everybody, but we still – it's such a big part of what we do. We are really – keen to get back to some kind of normality in terms of being able to have all physical events and be around each other in that aspect as well yeah for sure one thing that might be worth talking about is just so you mentioned covid there i would say just the nature of this podcast i have a lot of people on who've written books i have a lot of people on who are at a certain point in their career which is which is why they're then on the show 
And mm-hmm. so I I sometimes struggle to to really have you know, a, a mix of ages on the show. So you're probably the youngest person I've had on the show for a while. So firstly, congrats. No, no, no. <laughs> I didn't tell you. Did I? <laughs> Do you want to? That, that's always a very unfair question to no. ask a lady, right? <laughs> that's fine. I am 29. I'm going okay. to be very soon. So I'll I'd say you're still one of the youngest people I've had on for a while. <laughs> I'll take that. that. So you can take that. But so I suppose my question is with obviously you know, the period that we've been through with COVID, do you think there are particular effects that have been more felt by young people than by anybody else? And if you're listening to this and you're quite a lot older than 29, what do you need to be thinking about in terms of how you manage the younger people in your team? You know, some of the things that from a younger person's perspective might need to change as a result of what we've been through. We've seen this across the board in terms of our membership and, you know, engagement And everybody is dealing with this very differently. And it's something that we're very cautious of in terms of how people are reacting to what would have been like a normal situation now, very, you know, different. Um, In terms of my experience right now, it's mental health is the biggest thing. And even for me, like for one example, you know, my first day back into the office, my closest colleagues and seeing them for the first time, really excited, but I was so nervous of being close to people. Yeah, right. Yeah. And just having that, I'm usually the hugger and it was just, you know, so I think it's just being aware of where people's comfort level is and, you know, how they're going to approach this. This It's the same situation, but in a different time, you know, yeah. people's reaction is going to be different. And in terms of our young people and our members, we found motivation and, you know, just having that extra energy to to put into things i think that that has definitely been a bit lowered because of all the online activity people just want to take time away from it i think definitely we've had a lot of conversations around mental health health and resilience and you know how to get through right now Um, i have sisters you know who finished university they didn't have their graduations or they had internships and they've all been cancelled and you know i'm looking at my sisters going through this and compared to when I finished university and had all these things and exciting yeah, right. travels yeah. and work and to see them just sat at home with all these opportunities just disappeared. It's, it's really heartbreaking and you have to really think, try and put yourself in, in their shoes and it's something now. It makes me think in terms of junior chamber, what could we do to you know make sure these young people still carry on with the energy and the passion and things that they could do to support the community? Uh, and JCI UK... Well, JCI in general launched a JCI Rise initiative last year in midst of um, coronavirus. And this was all about rebuilding, investing, sustaining and evolving. And it all came from Junior, cha- um, junior Chamber because of the COVID crisis. We have three key areas in terms of the Rise initiative and it's sustaining and rebuilding economies by supporting local and small businesses, motivating the workplace um, through young uh, youth entrepreneurship, and preserving mental health and well-being. Mm. So with all those three pillars, we've been creating different events and activities to help, you know, bring young people out of the shell, shell, um, the shell into new opportunities, you know, volunteer opportunities, training opportunities, and opportunities to network with other young professionals or students or people in similar positions and giving them a platform to create something, to own something, to, to be a part of rebuilding their communities um, rather than, you know, 
sat at home and not really having much to do. It's it's a great platform. And with JCI, we say, you know, learning by doing, if you have a great idea, you have a team of people interested or you want to get more people involved, you know, come up with these initiatives and we will, you know, provide the resources and support to help. And we've had some fantastic um, projects coming from not just JCI UK, but JCI Europe that has just been connecting young people. And I definitely think around the mental health and well-being, having JCI UK members, having um, events with JCI Amsterdam, JCI Latvia, Riga, and connecting with young people from all over Europe in the same position is absolutely amazing. Uh, one of yeah. the events that we did was a JCI hackathon. And this had young people from across Europe join for a full day. And this event was hosted by JCI Nottingham. And now they're friends for life. You know, they can't mm, wait to see yeah. each other. And some of these things are still, some of the projects that came out of that hackathon are still being run in other um, European JCI um, local organizations. So things like this is really exciting to see young people, um, although it's very difficult trying to find ways of how could they support, how could they contribute and be an active citizen. And that's what JCI is all about. Mm. So that's one thing I wanted to definitely bring up was the JCI Rise initiative. And that's mainly because of the pandemic and, you know, seeing how we could support and provide those opportunities for members and as well as supporting the community coming out of this. Amazing. Well, it, I mean, it sounds like the future's in safe hands with you guys, right? If you want to, if you want to run for prime minister at some point, I'm sure that's, I'm sure that's, that's, oh, wow. <laughs> that's good with us. Yeah, no, really exciting things. And, and that's what, you know, keeps me motivated. As I said, you know, yet generally, you know, I'm around people and just seeing all these things happen, it just makes you want to keep going. So yeah. I'm, I'm really pleased with some of the things that not just JCI UK, but JCI Europe and world has, you know, putting down for young people across the globe to get involved with and one of the things that you mentioned um a couple of minutes ago that people might have missed that you just slipped in there that jci and being national president that's like what you do on the side from your day job as a digital events <laughs> manager so let's yeah. talk let's talk about that so the so your your day job is with atos medical yes and your yeah. global digital events manager so is was that a role that did did they have a global digital events manager before COVID or is it this is a, a reaction to COVID, right? Yes. Yeah. Oh, wow. This whole process has just been incredibly, uh, I have no words for it, but I, I started at ATAS Medical UK in 2017 when I moved to Nottingham um, as one of the events managers there, um, quickly took on, got a few promotions to senior um, and Last year, um, April time, I was actually in London. So Atos Medical, we're a medical device company, and we uh, create medical devices for people who have had a total laryngectomy or tracheostomy. Okay. Um, and we produce a valve and the HME. So what we produce, the business, is giving people their voice back because they've uh, got their right. voice box. So we create these products that the wind move in different ways and they could speak again, which is Amazing. It just makes you feel like, wow, I'm doing something yeah. so amazing. And I was in charge of the community events and also the clinical events. So going out to see um, patients when they lost their voice and they got these gadgets mm. for the first time and they could speak for the first time, it's just incredibly you know, overwhelming just to be in that kind of situation. So that's what I was doing with Atos Medical. And last year, I was actually in a London hospital for an event with some clinicians and we got told, shut everything down, COVID, pack up, leave. I, I hosted about 60 events a month and from 60 wow. events to zero events. 
And I thought, oh, my God, I've just lost my job. Wow. First yeah. thing that just crossed my head is, no, like, I was in such shock. I just could not believe this was actually happening. Um, and, again, this is where my JCI spirit came in in terms, all right, okay, this is a problem. How could I fix it? What could I do? I know the value in terms of what we provide for customers as well as the, the clinicians, and there's a lot that we could do now to make sure we keep supporting people yeah. throughout yeah. this crazy time and turned it all around so quickly. I was so impressed with myself because I just didn't, one minute I thought I was going to lose my job to turning everything around yeah. digitally for a business where we did, that was not something that we even you know knew much about. And in the space of three weeks to have all these events online, for clinicians, patients, and this is all new for them and yeah. us. And to have, you know, success straight away in terms of the number of people who are logging in, the families, the friends, the clinicians, and saying how much what we're doing now is just helping them because yeah. all our clients, our patients, they're vulnerable in terms of their state, in terms of where they breathe through and, you know, COVID and the whole situation. So we were that safety net to reassure them have that network with them and others so and it was just fantastic and because of what i did in the uk and turned it all around i didn't lose my job but i got promoted to a global <laughs> yeah so now i do what i do and i help all the other markets yeah. replicate what i've done in the uk and make it even bigger and better so now dealing with the rest of europe uk um australia us and china <laughs> nowhere mm. yeah so it's getting Super exciting, and it's something that I never even thought about. It didn't exist in the business, yeah. and to be leading it on a global level is, yeah. I I just I don't know how all this has happened, but I could definitely say, in terms of me being able to see problems and finding solutions, yeah. and not being negative about things and thinking, okay, what could we do to turn this around? How could I get colleagues excited about? this idea and my manager at the time to say okay this is good sign it off and mm. you know to have that passion behind it I think that's definitely something that's helped me along the way so yeah now currently in the global role really excited about seeing how digital is taking off taking off really so that's so like that that's like the oh, Albert Einstein quote in every difficulty lies opportunity and seems yeah, like you oh, yeah. you figured out where the opportunity was yeah, definitely. I'm I'm, nice. I'm so happy. And because I've seen what's happened with other young people and, you know, mm. with my sisters and other people who I'm close to in terms of losing their jobs and yeah. all the opportunities that will come in, you know, I feel very fortunate and really just happy to just carry on working hard um, and, you know, do what I'm doing to support and to help other young people. That's why I'm doing things like this. I mean, I've always been very passionate about the idea that if you do volunteer roles, then generally what happens is you learn skills that you can take back into your role within the business. So there's a couple of bits I wanted to unpack with that. So it it sounds a bit like you JCI'd your local events job to be this suddenly it's this international thing, right? Feels like there's a, there must be some transferable skills from JCI that have really helped you to figure out how to do that transformation into into it becoming a global role so it is that fair to say first of all definitely um and in terms of like in for the covid situation when, when this happened not just for the business but for junior chamber in my role i was deputy national president at yeah. the time 
we had to do all this transformation and we started a little bit ahead in JCI. So when it came to my day job and like, what is it that we're going to do? I already had loads of ideas. I already had platforms and things that, you know, mm. no work could just jump right in it yeah. and had that confidence with it rather than, mm, I don't know. Um, so a hundred percent, I say, um, everything you do is a learning uh, experience. And, yeah. you know, with JCI, not just um, the training, but I think public speaking and just being comfortable and confident in, you know, what you're yeah. saying, I think definitely has transferred into my day job yeah. um, because it's, I'm passionate about events management. I studied events management in university. I went to Sheffield Harlem University and it was fantastic. So the event management side of stuff, absolutely love it. But there's a whole bunch of other parts of the business, you know, it's not my yeah. full understanding of uh, knowledge, but from being in junior chamber and doing so many different roles in so many different project groups, you know, it helps you when sure. you're finally in a position where you could take things from different areas and, and implant it. And I've taken so much. <laughs> I think I've taken so much. Um, and and it's both ways. So that was the other question I was going to ask just about the relationship between the two. And do you find that so there must be times where you're just flat out with the day job and then you're flat out with JCI and there must be a sort of negotiation in terms of like who's going to get your time and energy. And oh, wow. I, I, yeah. I wonder whether your your boss in the day job has ever said to you, like, you know, listen, Phoebe, I really need you a bit more involved in, in the day-to-day and doing a bit less of that JCI stuff. Like, how, how do you manage that sort of balance and potential yeah. sort of conflict between the two? When I first started in terms of JCI and work, I kept work very separate to JCI yeah. in terms of work did not really understand all the things I was doing outside work yeah. and they did not have a clue about it um, and until they would see stuff on my LinkedIn yeah, about right. planning all these things or they will see me, you know, hosting a charity awards with hundreds of people and they look at me like, how did you get time to yeah, do this? Yeah, when's <laughs> I was very cautious about it because when I get involved, I get involved. I just, I don't have things and everything that I was doing, I was doing alongside work and I was giving work 110%. And that's why, you know, I've been able to get all these promotions, but it did take a toll on my energy, my, you know, just when I was out, I was doing everything. The energy was up, but when I was home and it was probably three o'clock sometimes in the night, I'll go to sleep because I'll work mm. till 5.30, then I'll go home, dinner, and then I'll start working on JCI things, and then I'll stop JCI things that same night and start working on charity awards things. Yeah. And sometimes I was going to bed at 3 a.m., waking up next day for work, and I did that for years. Wow. And honestly, I don't know how I did it, and I did have some moments where I was completely burnt out and it made me physically ill, and that's where I thought, you know what, I can't keep doing this mm. <laughs> you know, I need to figure out what is it that's important what is it I need to carry on or probably plan my time a little bit better but yeah there, there came a few times and at certain times every year because of what I was doing so much I was just completely just in bed couldn't do anything yeah and I realized that is not a good thing to you know to do to yourself for a starter so, so, you know you need sleep so and I, and a few people around me, you know, who knew what I was doing, just like, yeah, you probably need to pause or think about, you know, managing this a little bit better. Um, so that's something I've yeah. reflected on and, you know, helped um, now. 
um, I am doing only two things instead of three. But my heart is still with the other part that I've cut out and I'm straight, still trying so to the charity get awards. Yeah. yeah. And, and because of coronavirus as well, in terms of the physical event, that's definitely stopped. But I did launch in the East Midlands. As well so as in the, the charity was just to backtrack. So the Northwest Charity was you were the founder of that. Yes. So just a little bit on the Northwest Charity was started that um, I think 2016. First one said 2017, um, and I started to freelance. I started yeah. my own company in Manchester. I started to freelance as, as an event manager. I started to you know create events for business or personal. And in the beginning, I was a little bit confused in terms of where I'm going to settle. There's so much stuff you could do in events, personal events, business events, and I was still just so unsure. Um, But then I just ended up doing a lot of pro bono work with a lot of the local charities. I lived in Macclesfield at the time, and there were a few charities around that area in Cheshire that I just started to reach out to them. I saw a few things on the LinkedIn or the social media, and I would come in, I would join a group. Like I'm in JCI, mm. <laughs> and I will just start helping them with right. a whole bunch of things, the mailing, the designs, start helping some of the events. Didn't ask for anything from it because I thought, you know what? The more I help, probably stuff will come back to me eventually. Mm. I'm just starting up, so I want some experience yeah. as well. And I just saw there was so much amazing stuff happening in some of these charities that I didn't even know about, and I've lived next door mm. to some, you know. And I thought there must be something to showcase what these charities are doing. And in the space of a week, I think I just was scribbling on paper what I could do. And I came up with the awards and I thought, that's it. I'm going to try it. And I rang the Midland Hotel in Manchester. I don't know if you've been there before. Yeah, I've been to the Midland Hotel. That's a really beautiful building, right? Yeah. You know, I had this idea and I wanted it to be grand. Mm. So I thought, I'm going to ring the Midland Hotel. I'm going to ask for the room size. And, you know, I knew a few of that already. So I booked the smallest room. And I think the smallest, like, nice ballroom it was about 60 people so i yeah. said okay i could pull off these awards with 60 people it'd be fantastic six months later the awards night we had the biggest room in the in the hotel we had 400 people wow. attending wow. and i stood on stage and <laughs> i just could not believe it i could not believe it everybody was dressed up it was fabulous we had all the awards i had judges and speakers entertainers and I was just so shocked. How did I do this? I was working full time with three and I, you know, and from the energy in the room, and everybody came up to me, and I was doing everything for it. I was doing mm. website, social media, invoice, everything. And somebody at the event came up to me and said, "Oh yeah, before I went on stage, before it started, they said, oh, so you're Phoebe. Oh, so you you must have so much work um, doing all this admin stuff for this event, um, working with your team and stuff." And when they saw me go on stage and said, yeah, this is, I'm doing this, they were like, wow, we didn't realize it was just Mm, you. (laughs) But I had some help um, from a few of my JCI um, friends. And that's why I have friends for life from JCI now. A few of my friends from JCI Manchester, I told them about what I wanted to do. And they said, we're going to help you. One of them co-host, one of them helped on the night with events and getting people in and directions. And, you know, they were just like so excited to see me do something like this. They just jumped in. And the second year hosting it, JCI Manchester gave somebody um, who was learning um, to public speak the opportunity to be the host for the awards. So this is how I got more people, you know, getting involved and, you know, developing their skills. As you know, the first time you're doing a public speaking, it's to a room of hundreds of people and you're a host 
So I felt really proud of, you know, giving somebody the opportunity and including um, people from my JCI career. And, yeah. and that's, again, where, you know, as a young person, especially if you're an entrepreneur and things like that, where JCI does come in because you meet like-minded people and they will help you without you even have to ask twice. Mm. They will get it and they will see, you know, how passionate you are about it and they will definitely jump in and help. So I think Alona Alpak um, was a big part of that hosting and she's a superwoman as she does a lot of things as well sometimes i think where do you have the time so you've now handed that over so you've got other people picking that up to continue it and then you've got your your two main focuses now so the charity was northwest i did launch it in the east midlands as well but the east midlands one because of covid we had the awards online okay Uh, and for now the last year i've just like put it on just pause for a while just see everything that's happening and we're definitely going to be back in in what form we don't know yet but it's something that we've got the concept done right we know from the attendance and how excited people were about it some people from the charity awards went on to get queen's awards and all these other fantastic things and it's just like that makes me happy i don't know the full impact of doing this awards for years I don't know, you know, but I know I've seen such fantastic things coming from it. And it, it, that's one of the things that keep me motivated mm. um, and keep me going because I feel like I am doing something. I'm doing something good yeah. um, and people appreciate it. Um, and it's yeah, hundreds of hours of volunteering on top of everything else. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. So let's come back to that burnout thing. So you've you got these three different things going on and then you have the period after the awards every year where the awards are finished and suddenly it's like... There's often those things, isn't there, isn't there, where your body can keep going until the day or the event or whatever, and yeah. then afterwards you just kind of collapse in a heap. I've had, had a few of those <laughs> in my own career as well. But, like, yeah. do you feel like you've learnt lessons from, you know, what what to do to yeah. spot that, how to stop it happening? So tell me about your relationship with burnout and how how, yeah. you're, how you're thinking differently about it now. Yeah. I think I've definitely learned in terms of if you don't look after yourself and you don't look after your body you know there's no point in doing anything that you're doing for you because it's you you know you're that vessel who's going to do everything so if there's no you 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 need to look after yourself so i've definitely taken some time in terms of my personal well-being and now i do go to sleep it helps (laughs) no and it's and it's such a big deal like i I go to and I think 11 o'clock, 10.30, shut everything down and go to sleep. And that, for me, was one of the hardest things to do because it's something I'm not accustomed to. Mm. And, you know, in the mornings, I feel so much better for myself. And also, I do get regular massages now. Nice. <laughs> I enjoy cool. going to the spa now. I think this is, if you haven't done one yet, go and get it. Or a hot store massage or full body massage honestly it, it does wonders mm. and i've also started the floating ah. so this is when you go into that pod yeah of sea salt water like you epsom salt and you float in the darkness for like an hour mm. um, and stuff like that i think just taking a couple hours out in the week and just and i'm starting to listen to podcasts cool. as well um, and audiobooks. Yeah. Um, I, I thought I've mentioned to you before we started, like I do have dyslexia. So in terms of reading, reading is okay, but spelling and certain stuff, it really gives me high anxiety. Mm. I don't really talk about it that much, but that's why I do enjoy 
um, listen to audiobooks. It's just like, it just makes me feel like I'm a part of something. Like, and when people are speaking about certain books, I could, you know, relate to it because I haven't read it, but I've listened yeah, to it. Right. You yeah. know? So, yeah. um, definitely, those are a few of the things. And um, running as well. I've definitely got into, um, this year I had a, a month in the year where we call Step Up January, where everybody will get out in the January and start running and things like that to get you, you going. So, yeah, a few things I've done now, but sleep, going to bed, yeah. reasonable time was the biggest thing. And I've, I've felt so much better for it, you know, the, the last couple of months, just taking that time and, you know, not staying on my computer until three o'clock in the morning. There's probably a load of stuff in there that I hope as people listen to this, they think that's permission, right? Permission to go and book the massage or oh, or yeah. just go to bed early <laughs> or just eat better or get out running, yeah. whatever the thing is. And I sometimes yeah. find I struggle with giving myself permission for things, right? So if you've got loads going on in the day, knowing I'm training for a half marathon at the moment and I'm oh, quite wow. behind on the training. <laughs> well, what happens is I booked the Brighton half marathon like most years and then I sort of forget that I've booked it and then you get that email that says 12 weeks to go or 15 weeks to go whatever and you're like oh no it's <laughs> sort of half and this this year because they moved the dates around for COVID I, yeah. I'd actually just forgotten about it completely and then you know you get the email and you're like well I committed to I said I wanted to do it so I, I may as well and this year I was training from a very a very behind level of fitness shall we say as opposed to like usually I'm getting out running a bit more regularly and I just kind of got out the habit a bit but there are days where I'm so busy with my day job that the idea of taking an hour an hour and a half out to go and do training runs and stuff it feels yeah. you know it feels like I like I shouldn't do that or I feel guilty if I do that so are there are there things that you've had to tell yourself or teach yourself to to, to give yourself that permission or to make those things happen oh, yeah. Yeah, I, I have my regular pep talks in the mirror because I, I think it's so important just to take that time off. And I do listen to Oprah Winfrey. She has some really good quotes. And, you know, I think sometimes if I'm feeling a bit like down on certain things, yeah. I always find something really good on YouTube in terms of inspiration. It just gives me a bit of a pep. Nice. And then I was like, right, yes, you know, you can get on to do it. But I was going to ask you, what's, relax- what's, your, what's the pep talk? But maybe the pep talk is... Partly it depends. It depends. If an I, if Oprah I, quote or something, but yeah, give, give me the best ones. Yeah, no, it just, it really just depends. I think on what the situation is. If I'm yeah. feeling a bit down after a meeting, or you know, I've been leading on something, and you know, anything's happened, I try and find you know motivation for this situation, and you know, I find some really useful things um, on YouTube. But a quote, I love. Um, Oprah does have quite a few quotes, and I can't read one off the top of my head but I think the first the one that really did resonate with me um is she was saying don't try and be you know important or trying to be like you have the title but be significant Mm. in terms of what you're doing and then success will follow so don't chase the title don't chase all these amazing things but if you're actually doing the work people around you will see that and they will recognize you so it's, it's stuff like that in terms of you know you know now that you know I'm in the position that I'm in. It's not something that I've actually been, I didn't even know it was possible. You know, it just happens. And as you know, I keep um, progressing this stuff that I didn't even notice was there because I wasn't actually looking for it. And then somebody would say, oh, you'll be really good at this because of what you've done. I said, oh, thank you. Mm, okay. That's, yeah. that's, that's really interesting. Um, so yeah, definitely quotes, a lot of inspirational things. Um, 
David Goggins, the runner. Oh yeah. The guy who is the strongest man on the in the world. I started to listen to a few of his stuff when I need to get off the sofa and do some exercise. Okay. So maybe that's one. <laughs> maybe one for you. Um, the strongest, the strongest man in the world. So comparison with the strongest person in the world is the the way to just inch you that few, you know, few inches forward. Yeah, I do need that, that motivation sometimes. I think. Um, with me and my family and friends and everybody just being so, you know, in different parts of the world. Mm. I grew up in the Caribbean. My, like, my mom's still in the Caribbean. My sisters live here. Everybody's all over. So, you know, you don't have that close network, yeah. you know, at your fingertips. So it's, you know, what else you could do to reach out and get inspiration from other people, other places. Yeah, for sure. Um, and I think JCI has just been such a big part of, my life for the last, you know, five years in terms of everything that I've done. And now I can say I have friends for life in JCI, people who are, you know, really successful in doing what whatever they're doing in their careers or, and people who are in positions now, like a lot of people who have, you know, been very successful and have lost their jobs and, you know, have all businesses gone and having to rethink what they're going to do yeah. and you know how I could be a support there and what you know what we could do to help each other I think that's something now that is in the back of my head with everything that I'm doing it's like what opportunities can I provide here yeah. for somebody to do something you mentioned dyslexia a minute ago so can we just talk about that for a minute so I'd love to know what? more about your experience of that what what are the things that particularly feel hard around that I mean it's amazing that you've you know, you've mm. you've navigated yourself through, you know, such a lot of things in terms of your career and all the successes you've had, you know, with the fact that you've got dyslexia and having to manage that as well. So I'd love to know more about, you know, how you do yeah. that. And then also uh, perhaps if you could uh, think about it from the point of view of someone like working with you, what do they need to do to just make your life easier and, and you know, and, and to sort of uh, to deal with the yeah. dyslexia? I think in the last few roles in terms of applying for jobs and finally getting one, I've actually never put that on there. And, you know, they, they do ask if you have any disabilities and, you know, put that down. I never put it down. And it, because it's something that I don't know where it's come from, but it's not, it's an embarrassing thing to talk about. You know, when people say you have a disability, even in university, you know, it, it was just not a positive experience, Be you know, having that label so it's something that I've actually never really talked about and it's only this year I thought you know now I have a little bit of a platform and I could actually talk about my experiences in some way how it's really actually affected me since primary school um I've always noticed like spelling and reading I just nothing stuck mm, <laughs> nothing yeah. stuck on me and, it, and I was always really good with my hands really good with building stuff gardening talking really good at talking <laughs> Um, but everything in terms of academia and, and learning, I really, really struggle with. And honestly, to to have graduated from university, I sometimes it's something when I was even 10, 13 years old, I just thought never could I even have done that. It was something that, you know, right now I think about what I've how I've actually managed to focus on what I'm good at. And that's something I would yeah. say to people who have learning disabilities or dyslexia and things like that is actually find out or focus on what is it that you're really good at and 
just completely smash it. Yeah. And then everything else, people wouldn't even realize that you're not as good at. And that's exactly what I did. I did everything I could to highlight all the amazing qualities about me. And nobody ever noticed that I was actually mm. very dyslexic to a lot of emails and things. I would have a lot of anxiety sending emails because I would be sending them to managers and, you know, VPs and things like that. I'd proofread. I'll send stuff to my mom to uh-huh. read for me. That's how bad it was in, in some parts because I was just so nervous and having to write essays mm. and all these things for university. And now in my current role, I think the struggle is everything is online. So when we're doing things like sharing screen and doing all these whiteboard exercise and you're writing all these things and every two words that I write is spelt wrong. <laughs> it's really embarrassing. So it's yeah. like I'm trying to figure out how how am I like now people will know I'm dyslexic and I'm like, oh crap. Uh, but I shouldn't really feel like that. So it's something that I'm trying to see how I could, you know, if I talk about it more, I'd probably make it a bit more normal because I don't see it as a disability, but everybody else I think around me is like, oh, something's wrong with you. Um, so it's, yeah, it's one of those tricky stuff that I would say focus on what you're really good at mm. and then everything else will, you know, fall in line. But I do try to, you know, see what's around, see how I could like improve you know, on certain stuff in terms of the spelling part. And I have a very picture memory. I remember places, okay. things, conversations from years wow. ago. Okay. If I walk down this road in a country I've never been yeah. to and I haven't been there for years and I'm back, I know exactly where I'm going. Whereas with a word, I will see it and seeing it again, it will be scrambled. And do you think that's a thing in dyslexia that sort of compensates for memory around words by you know by kind of giving you almost like other memory superpowers or other, <laughs> yeah, other parts of your brain are kind of working yeah. sort of overdrive to compensate 100%, yeah definitely and that's why like of course it's something i know for a lot of people it's not something you go around advertising mm. but you do have other things that you're so amazing at that that is your thing yeah. do that thing and do that fantastically and i think that's what i've done and that's exactly what's helped me. I knew I loved event management. I loved being, you know, speaking to people, being around people, that energy. And I went into studying events management with tourism. So, you know, destination management and all that fun mm-hmm. stuff. And that was my personality. Yeah. And that made me shine really through. And, you know, when you have that passion, you will put all the extra effort into everything else that you're doing. So all the essays and all the things, especially if you're studying, you know, I made sure that they were, 100% corrected, you know, got it to the T because yeah. I, I'm putting that extra effort in um, there. But I do think more awareness needs to be to be in that area when it comes to corporate jobs and, you know, people just assuming everything, you know, and obviously if they're seeing a lot of errors here and there, they'll like question things. But I do think more awareness in corporate environments on having people with dyslexia or other learning disabilities and how to you know work with us in in a way yeah. that's not going to cause us anxiety um or stress because i do feel stress a lot of times when i have to share my screen and type so find find ways where you can um, share your screen and draw pictures or someone else can do the typing <laughs> yeah, right? right. yeah. Uh, but no i'm definitely trying to you know speak about it more because it's something i haven't spoke about and yeah. i think 
it just makes me feel a little bit better about you know what I'm doing and I don't see it as a disability anymore. It's more of a superpower. Yeah, <laughs> yeah for sure. Um, so, yeah, that's a little bit on that. And, it's, yeah, take it, take what you're really good at and run with it. I think 100%. that's just such a good lesson for life, though, right? It's like don't focus as much on your weaknesses as you do on just maximizing strengths and the things that you can bring to the table that other people can't is that's where the value mm-hmm. is for for everybody in a job, right? And also I have uh, my son is he's only seven but he has a learning disability as well and um i've definitely noticed already that there's there's obviously a lot that we do that's you know that that's about helping him you know sort of us translating mm-hmm. the the kind of regular neurotypical education system to his needs but he's all he is also my memory in so many parts of life like my memory is really terrible and he will just he'll just remember times and places and you know, anything to be honest to do with train maps as well. Like he's just got it absolutely nailed already at seven. So, kind of feel like he's, yeah. you know, he's going to be a superpower for me as well. Not just um, with the the dyslexia, but um, also dyspraxic. As okay, well. right. So you got me with two. <laughs> you know what? No, I'm just going to keep doing yeah. what I'm doing. So yeah, don't take the labels. Just do what you do, and you know, do it to the best. Yeah, ability. like say, just focus on their strengths. Last thing I wanted to talk to you about was, and, and so you also mentioned that you grew up in the Caribbean. You've got the best mix of Northern and Caribbean accent, by the way. I love, I love, I love your accent. So, <laughs> so I suppose, like, so I suppose, what I wanted to ask you about that was, um, so you, so your childhood was in the Caribbean, and then you, then you came to the UK, and so, like, yeah. in making that journey, like, what did you? Uh, what surprised you about coming to the UK? So it wasn't like you came when you were two years old or something like you. So you had another life that you remember. And now you're here. Like what really surprised you, maybe positive or negative, just about about coming to the UK? I think the biggest um, surprise was if the sun is shining, that doesn't mean it's warm. And that was my first experience when I landed in Heathrow and the sun was shining. It was September. I thought, okay, the sun is shining. Not so I took all my coats off and walked out the plane, nearly froze to death. <laughs> so yeah, if the sun is shining in England, that doesn't mean it is cold. That feels but like I it do, should I be some it... kind of philosophy, but it's actually probably quite quite a negative <laughs> philosophy, isn't it? Right? <laughs> no, it's just too, it just got me. But the culture shock was just, I don't know what I was expecting, mm. but it, everything was just different the way people lived, speak, and, you know, the whole education system, everything was such a massive shock mm. for me. And I, I remember when I started college in Nottingham, I went to New College Nottingham, I just thought, you know what, I'm just going to get involved with every single thing, take every single opportunity. And I think at the end of my two years in college, I was student union president and had all these awards and everything because I thought, you know what, just just get involved, just do it. Try not to get, because it was easy just to see all these other stuff happen around you, get into the wrong crowd and go in the opposite direction. You know, my mom wasn't with me. She was still in Antigua. Um, And I just moved in with my dad, who I haven't seen since I was five years old. So not even college is shocked, but I got (laughs) me kind of thing. (laughs) (laughs) Everything was just completely, and, and I thought, you know what? I have this opportunity now I'm going to just take take everything and, and just run with it um, because I needed to not think about home too much and you know all that kind of stuff there was a lot of new 
opportunities here that I would never have if I still lived in Antigua. And that's what I, I took it as. But the food, <laughs> very different as well. Um, the Greggs and the McDonald's <laughs> were not my friends. So I, I definitely learned a lot in terms of being in the UK. Yeah. But I... I, in terms of moving over 18 to start college and a new life, not really knowing much about the country or anything, I must say it's been the best decision to relocate um, to the UK and, you know, do everything that I've done because I went back to Antigua last year and it was, you know, for me it was quite a surprising, you know, thing to see where I could see exactly where I was going to be. And a lot doesn't change. It's a small island. Mm. So, you know, I saw a lot of people doing the exact same thing that I left them doing nine years ago, doing exactly the same thing. So I just thought, you know what? Yeah, just keep going, keep doing what you're doing. And, you know, especially when it comes to young people, motivation and leadership, just try and help as much people as you yeah. can. Because if I looked at where I was in Antigua, I just... If you told me I would be here right now, it is just unimaginable um, how I've managed to pull myself up and, you know, keep myself motivated because no one was doing that for me. I had to really just, you know, take everything. And, and, and as I mentioned, like now my my sisters are in the UK, all finished university and doing other things. And it's because, you know, they saw me as that person to look up to and to, you know, get them excited and motivated about other things in their life and you know taking that step up to progress so again it's not just about what I could achieve but how could I help those around me you know improve their lives because you know some people are lucky but some people it's not luck it's hard work yeah and a lot of talking to yourself in the mirror telling yourself that you know you've got this you can do it and other people around you see that and you know be inspired by it and that's something I'm really um it's really kept me going and seeing how I've helped other people. Yeah. So definitely. giving yourself those pep talks and then inspiring lots of other people as well. Um, that just feels yeah. like a really perfect uh, note to end this on. So Phoebe, tell me uh, how people can connect with you and anything else you want to share, maybe where people can find out about JCI. Um, yeah. How do people, how do people find you connect with you and all yes. that stuff? So we um, we've been very busy on our JCI Instagram. So okay. <laughs> the new places to be now with the cool kids. Um, but JCI, we do have a website. So if you visit www.jciuk.org.uk, you'll find out about all the local organizations in your area um, and also about all events coming up across the UK. Right now, majority of these are all virtual. So this is really great for you to, you know, jump in and see what it's all about and meet some new people. And hopefully, you know, near the end of the year, we'll start to have some more physical activities. Um, we do have a business academy coming up um, for anybody thinking about starting a business or entrepreneurs oh. in September. So that's something definitely if you're interested in. We have some amazing um, trainers there who all started their own business and doing different things in their career. So definitely have a look at um, JCI UK's website. And personally, I am on LinkedIn, um, Phoebe Benter on, on LinkedIn, and also um, on Instagram, JCI UK. You'll find a lot of our social activities there. We have a few talks and get to know some members and, you know, member in the spotlight too, so you can get to see what everybody in JCI has been up to over the last few weeks. Amazing. Cool. And we'll put links to all yeah. that in the show notes, which is all at getbeyondbusy.com. And thank you so much for being on Beyond Busy. No worries. It was lovely to speak to you today. Thank, thank you so you. much. 
There you go, Phoebe Benter. Really enjoyed that one. And, you know, a lot of my early career was in uh, working with young volunteers and young leaders and really just getting into this whole area of, you know, people change the world when they're naive enough to think they can, right? And that's a really important quality that I think we lose a lot in business and a lot as we kind of go through the generations have become middle-aged ourselves. We kind of lose a little bit of that kind of um, daring audacious passion and uh, it's great to be around it and it feels like it kind of infuses me with a bit more of that as well um, just listening to Phoebe there so I hope you enjoyed that one just want to give a quick shout out also to Pavel who is currently camped out next to the Olympic Stadium in Rio uh, on his travels but he is our our new producer on the podcast he's been kind of picking up the reins over the last few weeks and just doing a really great job with it. So I want to say a huge thank you to Pavel for that and also to Emily for uh, managing all of that process and um, and just doing a lot of that project management around it as well. So um, really great team around the podcast at the moment with, with Emily and Pavel, so really happy about that. So, yeah, I just want to give uh, Pavel a bit of a shout-out and say hi. And, yeah, we we end up kind of texting each other through WhatsApp at, like, weird times of our both of our days and nights because uh, of the time zone differences and stuff but it seems to just work really well it feels like it's in really good hands so just wanted to give a little bit of a shout out there we are back with another episode next week the only other thing i want to tell you about is i'm sort of working away on this book about kindness you've probably heard me talk about it before and um, if you want to just kind of keep in touch with what i'm doing there if you head to grahamalcott.com you'll be able to sign up to my mailing list which is called rev up for the week and basically the idea is every sunday i send out a productive or positive idea for the week ahead but it's also the place where i'm just gonna give some updates around the book and you know if you want to just catch up with what i'm doing there uh, just head to grahamalcott.com and uh, sign up for that and we're going to be putting out over the next few weeks some details of a little thing that I'm planning with Chris Kisley, my co-conspirator in the US, around kindness, which will be a, a kind of four-week Zoom event thing in the autumn. So sign up to my mailing list at graymalcourt.com and then we will we'll give you the details of that as it emerges over the next few weeks. Uh, so graymalcourt.com. We'll be back next week with another episode. So until then, uh, enjoy the sunshine if you're lucky enough to have some. And I hope you're dodging the rain if that's what is being dealt to you. And we'll see you next week. Take care. Bye for now.